Betfair Edge with Miles Fitzner and Tom Haylock. Play your way on the Australian Open by setting your own odds at Betfair. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Hello and welcome to the Betfair Edge. You can find better odds on the Australian Open at betfair.com.au. As always, gamble responsibly and call 1-800-858-858. Miles Fitzner with you as I'm joined by... Well, the Baron of Bedfair himself. Uh, there's not an event he doesn't go to. There's not a free ticket he does not take. His name is Tom Haylock, and he joins me. Hello, buddy. They're never free tickets. <laughs> never, never Saw free. Your social media at the tennis. Oh, just oh, yeah. What? Man, uh, just hard, hard at work, Fitzy. Perk of the job, no hard doubt. Hard at hard at work socialising. It's not easy. <laughs> Networking, you like Network- to call it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how's, right. How's your week been? Interesting with the Australia Day Racing Thursday. Um, and some big races. We saw some nice horses go around. Star Patrol and Jackano, both far too good. And a nice two-year-old as well. Uh, second favourite now for the Blue Diamond, which is good. The instructor, um, is it? Yes. We've seen, um, I don't know what's happened this week. All the weeks are planning into one. Obviously, Australia Day public holiday yesterday uh, on Thursday. Just, I got back from the Gold Coast, went straight from the Gold Coast to the tennis and just been a few times to the tennis and just do a lot of form and just... Never a dull moment in sport in Australia. There's never a dull moment in this show. We've got the lay-bin coming up and the backboard, of course. Steve Quick. Now, we had to catch up with him earlier today uh, because he's a bit caught for time. And uh, so we've pre-recorded Steve. Uh, so we just didn't, won't have a result, um, of course, with the tennis. So we caught up with him earlier today. He will join us. Cards of the week, of course, and our best bets. And uh, I'm probably not going to go too hard on the tipping today because I'm on air all day tomorrow, Tommy boy. You don't want to give anything away. Oh well, I, just in case, I in case I change my mind, you can't tip something on a Friday and then tip something different on a Saturday. You know, right? You know how that can happen: change of tracks or weather or oh, so much. Yep. 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 We so, could get to Rose Hill yes tomorrow on, on Saturday and have a inside bias, leader bias track. You just don't know. That's it. So got to be flexible. And my lay bin is is um is overflowing. Is it? Yes. How are you? You good? Oh, you you well, mate? Yeah, I'm hanging in there. Hanging in. I'm hanging right? in. I've got a lot going on in my <laughs> in my in my personal life at the moment, so I'm trying oh, to trying to keep my okay. head above water. Yeah. I hope you're okay. No, I'm all right. No, I'm all right. I'm just you know when you just got a lot on, and then your calendars fill up, and then you're trying to trying to do other things, and look, you know when you just get behind in all your normal life admin stuff. You'll be right. So yeah. the car yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask. Not even okay. close. All right, let's yeah. <laughs> don't start like that. All right, let's go. I, I want to get into this. I need a winch. It's lame in time. It's everyone's favourite time. Right, do, who want? Do, can I take the new ball today? You can yes, I feel like you're fired up right. coming in. You shine the new new pill, got it in your right hand. Don't need the long to shine. Run. Let's go. Yeah, you obviously didn't play much cricket. So you don't need to nah, shine the new true. pill much, Tommy. Nah, uh, they give it to you shiny <laughs> these days. <laughs> You've picked out the new pill from the box. Yes, yeah, so I've chosen my my weapon. Uh, first one, you laid me last week for being late when I was took a phone call. You've asked for this, um, like to come in earlier. This week, you've specifically requested it, and then you rock up 20 minutes late. So, Tommy, get in the lane in. Unreal from you. You can't get away one week harsh. and then roll back in. Yeah, Sammy's agreeing with me. Yeah. Yeah, 20 minutes. Um, so on. that's in the bin. A few things I, I want I actually had a good excuse for that, and oh, I forgot that now. Well, you're on another date, were you? <laughs> in your dreams. 
Hey, uh, yeah, true. A few things I want to lay. Um, I'll, I'll, we'll go one for one here, but Australian Open, there's a guy that you see every year and you only see him at Australian Open time. And his name's Elliot Loney. He's that, that Australian impersonator that does the Nadal or the Djokovic impersonations, mm. and they're terrible. They're not even good. Oh, you're putting him in the lane. Yeah, he's, he, he's, he's been on all the morning shows and afternoon programs. It's his only time of year I think he gets any work as an impersonator because he tries to do Nadal. I think it started from him doing a Nadal impersonation and now he tries to do the Joker and Andy Murray and all them. He's not a good impersonator. They're not even oh, close. No. And it's the only time he gets he gets his 15 minutes of fame during the Australian Open. Uh, sorry, Elliot. Uh, look, you might be a great guy and all this sort of stuff, but... He gets wheeled out. He like, coming on SEN Yeah, he gets though. wheeled out like Ben Graham gets wheeled out at, at Super Bowl time. You know, like they just <laughs> wheel him out one time of the year and then back you go. Um, yeah, what do Elliot you think he does for a day job. I got no idea. He's probably an accountant for all I know. Uh, Elliot, <laughs> uh, sorry, buddy. Uh, the tennis impersonators in the bin. Oh, you see him every every Oz Open. You're like, geez, he's on that channel, that channel, that. Channel. Like, oh, he just does the rounds Oz Open time, and they're terrible. They're not good. Speaking of which, I'm backing Billy Birmingham. He's on the backboard. He's the goat of impersonations. He is the goat. Yeah, well, he's the goat of mocking them, isn't he? Um, He's brilliant. What what have you got? Uh, To anyone out there, it's 27th, 28th, late January. To anyone out there that still has Christmas decorations up, take them down. Yeah, true. Take them down. It's end of January. That's got to be sorted. I understand if you've been on holidays, but organised for them to be taken down. We don't need that. Yep. It's Easter time. Couldn't agree. Hot Cross Buns are in the shops. Yeah, That's well, I'm too. nearly going to lay the fact that the Hot Cross Buns are out in January. Boxing Day. Yeah, that's Boxing. too much. <laughs> you go. I've got another one. You um, go first. Well, I don't you know. Can you go, go one more? It. Can you go one more? I can. So I was reading on Twitter here, which obviously one of my favourite platforms, social media is great. Super footy, AFL. Players who try to milk 50-metre penalties by faking handballs are in the AFL's sights in a change to, to oh, stand no. rule. So they're changing a rule, or they're looking at changing a rule to fix a rule they've already changed. Now, umpires, they've only got to watch if the player is playing on, for starters. The man on the mark's not moving. There's players in the protected area. Now they've got to suss out whether the player with the ball is actually faking a handball or not. All in a split second. Yep. Make it easier for the umpires. Huge lab in for me. Stop changing the rules. Sort it out. Don't change a rule and then change a rule to change I, a rule. I think there needs to be with the stand rule. Why wouldn't you just change it where you, if you flinch because someone's going to play on, that's allowed. Otherwise, you're allowed to stand still. Like if you flinch, oh, that's the whole is the whole idea is trying cares? to draw the flinch, right? That's right. Yeah. And now, so, they're, now they're going to ban or look at banning players for faking, faking that. Like, oh. What if they Too change their mind? Umpire. Yeah, I know. Too... Agree. How's the umpire meant to know if they're faking it or not? Yeah, they might have tr- <laughs> went to go and then stopped. Well, yeah. Oh, it's ridiculous. Couldn't agree more. Hey, um, uh, this, uh, this might be contentious. Sovereign citizens. <laughs> you know, have you seen those videos? You know those people that get pulled over by the police and then they go, oh, no, I don't comply under the cops are like, well, I want your licence and I want your rego. Now, in Australia, you have to provide details to the police. These people have been watching too many American videos where I don't want to comply. And then they get their windows broken on the car and they get dragged out and arrested. Get in the bin. They don't live under our laws or our rules. But if you want to drive on the roads and you want uh, you want our, um, 
our, our benefits for, in regards to Centrelink or disability pensions or whatever it may be, uh, and but you don't want to live under our law. Um, yeah, there's plenty of other places you can go. Go start your own country. Get on a plane and go. <laughs> start uh, your own yeah, go start your own. There's plenty of islands that are available. If you don't want to live under anyone's <laughs> law, start, start, start your, your own, own country. country. I don't think that's how it works. But, but don't anyway. start your own country here and then expect <laughs> then expect all of us to comply. But I love it? nothing more than a sovereign citizen, like on the social media, that says to the cop, "You know, you're arresting me under what law? I want your badge number to report you." Which is ironic, anyway, because if they're reporting them, who are they reporting them to? If they don't live under the law, and then they get arrested, <laughs> sovereign citizens in the bin. <laughs> Unreal. It's good gear. Good gear. <laughs> you know what? I'm also laying on the back of this. What? Those fake videos you see, people staging videos for social media hits. Yeah. Like, oh. Plenty of those. So many of them. You don't got to decipher what's fake, and it yeah, it's just get in the bin. Um, I, I want to lay, I want to lay another one. I was talking to a mate who's got a property up on a river, and he, and yes. he had on Australia Day, he had thirty people come down and camp on the river in his property. Thirty people just rolled lying? in, and then they've argued that oh, like randoms. Yeah, randoms. Oh, right now. His property runs to the river. Now, you don't own the river, of course, but your property runs to the river edge. But they've just gone in, 30 of them, and set up camp in a, in a small clearing which he's made on his own property to access the river, like with a little kayak and whatever. They've wheeled in caravans, camper trailers, a full kit, 30 <laughs> of them, for two days. Just camp where you're meant very... to and camp where you're allowed to, not on other people's property. Very personal lay-bin, this. Um, has he bin. got a sign, private property? Or well, well, you need to go through gates and paddocks to get there. Like, you have to drive through some... How do they know about this? Well, they would have just gone and found a spot, gone and scouted and found the spot. Unreal. It's not a big river. It's not like the Murray River. Oh. You Is can't... on the Murray? No. Oh. It's on another one, but... Hey, yeah, uh, right. I've got one more, too. I forgot yeah. this last week. been an interesting lay-bin from you this morning. I, I saw... Evening. I did see... Um, I had to walk through a building um, for a meeting... And in that building was being used for a sales meeting. Now, the sales meeting was being conducted with essentially this group of, let's say, they were like maybe door-to-door salesmen. And the, the person that was giving me the presentation was running through about how that the, the door-to-door salesman needed to be more like dogs and was using canines as the inspiration for the sales, so he was essentially oh, like a mo- hungry. He was like a motivational speaker slash, you know, sales coach, but to the point where he was howling and growling at the door to door. So you know, you need to be like canines and howling and growling. These sales meetings where they've got gimmicks about, you know, you need to be inspired by wolves. You need to be, you know, pack mentality and dogs and all this sort of stuff. That can just get in the bin, like. Where I've never seen it. I actually stopped. <laughs> you were eavesdropping. You oh, had a good look oh, mate, if we, we walk past a meeting where there's 15 people sitting down and the guy's presenting with a PowerPoint and he's howling and growling at them, you want to stop and listen to what's going on. <laughs> it's rare, just rare gear. So these sales coach slash, you know, um, inspiration sales meeting type stuff, which it leads into a little bit like your social media videos. You know, people are like, Join my program and I'll make you this much a day. You know, it's like, well, if your program's so good, why are you scheming? Like, why do you need to scheme on social media? It's like these, um, you see the betting ones on TikTok and and Instagram. Yeah. You know, we can, we, we you know, we Guaranteed. can guarantee our system 
and to get you these results. Well, if you're guaranteeing the results, why aren't you doing it? What do you need to sell it for? Oh, because we want to, we want people to learn the way of doing it. It's like, no, you don't. You're making money. Well, don't lie. Interesting. Yeah. So all Good of lie. that, everything I've just mentioned in the bid, the whole lot. <laughs> Sure, we'll have plenty of others coming up. Hey, what about the backboard? Have you got anything for the backboard? What about the quarter family? How talented are they? Go on. Well, the quarters. The tennis players and golfers and... Yeah, I don't know much about them. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> neither do I. Color. I thought you knew more than I did. <laughs> <laughs> are they talented, are they? Well, yeah, apparently so. <laughs> I was trying Who to told lead, you that? I don't know, I was trying to lead you know, I think I read it somewhere. <laughs> I was trying to lead you in there. You were hoping I'd do uh, something about it. Yeah, I, I certainly did. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm backing the fact that the good horses are coming back. We've seen some stars at the trials, Rose Hill, the expressway. Um, yeah, good horses back. So I can't wait to get stuck into some uh, Rose Hill form later in the program. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. We're seeing some good horses at Rose Hill go around too, aren't we? You said that, mate. Yep. Oh, no, you You're just right? said good horses coming back and I then said... looking forward to getting stuck into Rose Hill. <laughs> Don't you start this. Oh, Let's go to a goodness. break. On the other side, we <laughs> caught up with Steve Quick a little bit earlier on today. This is the Betfair Edge. Miles Fitzner, Tom Haylock, and it's all thanks to Betfair. Back and lay all big bash markets and the Australian Open at Betfair. As always, gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Betfair Edge with Miles Fitzner and Tom Haylock. Back and lay all big bash markets. Play your way at betfair.com.au. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Welcome back to the Betfair Edge. You can find better odds on the Australian Open at Betfair. Gamble responsibly, as always. Call 1-800-858-858. Miles Fitzner, Tom Haylock. As we're joined by Tommy, the superstar in tennis when it comes to uh, making money. Now, you can find him on the hub on Betfair. You can also find him on Twitter. His name is Steve Quick. He joins us. Hello, Steve. Hello, gentlemen. How are we doing? Very well, Steve. We've let them know off the top of the show that we're doing this a little bit early. Um, We've had to squeeze you in. Um, So we're actually going before... Um, a little bit earlier today, so before the uh, the other um, uh, male singles match has been decided, but we'll we'll just chat on Djokovic, who's coming up tonight. He's done nothing wrong in the lead up to this. Yeah, correct. And I think you know when you look at the last two matches in particular, you know Alex Dimitrov and Andre Rublev, you know from the outset barely stood a chance. I think when you look at the the level that Novak was able to produce and, and lock in, and interestingly, I don't know if it was just a a coincidence or whatever it was, but, you know, two players in Rublev and Dimonor who, you know, did speak out a little bit against Novak a year ago when he wasn't allowed into the country, and he's made, he certainly made some big statements, but it'll be interesting to see how he goes here against uh, Tommy Paul, who's a, a debutant when it comes to Grand Slam semifinals. Is this the weakest men's Australian Open we've seen for some time, Steve? Oh, a good call. Good question. I think if you asked, I think Craig Tyler said it was one of the strongest he's seen. <laughs> he's always going to say that. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not sure if I can completely agree with that. I think they were they were stuck a little bit early, obviously, with you know the Kyrgios withdrawal um, dampened the mood a little bit around the men's. And then, you know, I think when you look through you know, outside of that Kokonakis Popper and run, yeah, it, it's been it's been a little bit one-sided and I think a lot of the good players that remained in the draw found themselves in the same part of pockets of the draw. So they met each other early. So you look now, you know, the, the match of Sitsipas versus Sinner a couple of nights ago, you know, that's probably worthy of a semi-final, um, but it was played, you know, as, as a fourth round. I, I think those matches, they did still pop up, but it just didn't come up in the conventional way that they're used to when they use the, the seeding structure every year. And, and that may be a case of, you know, there were no, no ranking points for Wimbledon last year and, you know, things were a little bit skewed. 
But I think, you know, when you look at it, it hasn't been the strongest, but it presents us a massive opportunity. It just seems late in the tournament, we've got a lot of young players that don't have names, even just speaking to general public or friends, they just don't even know who's playing. As in, they don't know the names. Obviously, Kyrgios out. We saw Medvedev go out early. Nadal. Nadal injured. We saw um, the young guy pull out before the tournament as well. Second favourite. His name escapes me. So it just seems like it's Djokovic or Bust at the moment. Sits past the only one left for a while. Yeah, it is a little bit. And I think that's the case of, you know, particularly for the, the Australian summer of tennis and, you know, knowing that there are probably a, a large percentage of people who will only follow tennis for, for the month. Um, you know, a lot of these players who are up and coming and who are still here. So Tommy Paul, for example, has put together a really solid 12 to 18 month patch of form, but didn't perform particularly well here last year and, and won't be known to, to the majority of the public. And I think that's the case. that There is that little bit of a changing of the guard because we're just not getting the storyline that you would get around a Nadal or a Federer you know, for at least a week, week and a half of the, the slam. And now we're getting all these new names. But, you know, to be honest, the majority of the the um, the media around the men's has been largely on, on Novak. Was he injured? Was he not injured? And then now, you Novak's know, now dad. his dad. And, yeah, oh. so it's, <laughs> it, it, it's, just, it's just trying to it's trying to navigate a way through it. And, and look, to be honest, when you look at, you know, Tommy Paul, for example, he has absolutely flown under the radar this, this whole fortnight. Um, you know, you, you look at American tennis that they've had so many players make a deep run. We heard a lot about Quarter, we heard a lot about Shelton, but we didn't hear a lot about Tommy Paul while he just, you know, was grinding away in the background. He put together a really solid weekend. Look, I don't think he's going to beat Novak tonight, but I, I think he, you know he's capable of pushing it over the the total games because you know he is a competitor. He, he's able to turn the match into a grind. He's got a really solid serve, and he's actually pretty good defensively for his size. So he's a bit of a trickier matchup than, than what Novak's seen, but it is going to be a very tough ask for the Americans. Yeah, you always beware of people that have two first names. That's what I got oh. told. Always beware of people <laughs> with two first names. Hey, let's talk. Uh, let's talk on the women's side. Uh, the final is set. And um, it's just shaping up to be a, a pretty good match, I think. This might even be the highlight final-wise. Yeah, absolutely. And it, look, it's going to be a, a power contest between the two. And, and it's, you know, a, a great sign, particularly with the, the women's game. You know, we've got Rybakina, who's, you know, started in, in Adelaide and didn't look near her best, but has really built across the course of this fortnight and, you know, beat Igor Friontek. And, you know, often you see a player beat the top seed and then kind of fall away or, you know, have a bit of a letdown the round or two after, but she's just gone from strength to strength. Uh, so she's obviously one to keep an eye on, and we know that she's a big game player. She won Wimbledon last year. We know what she's capable of. Um, and she gets Sabalenka here, who, you know, has, um, I don't think she's dropped a set yet for the year, uh, but when you work through it, you know, you work through this particular matchup, these are where the question marks still remain for Sabalenka's game. It's that, that big moment on the big, stra- big stage. You know, she made the, um, the tour finals last year and made the final and lost the final there. It's those big moments that we're just, Still not quite sure of, you know, whether, whether she's able to produce that level that, that Cena gets to that point. So I, I think, you know, when you're looking at the current odds, I actually think right back in her as the underdog looks to be a, a really great price for, for her at the moment, just given her, her pedigree and what she's been able to produce on the big stage. Rebecca or Robakina, Steve? Uh, take your pick. It depends on who you, <laughs> it depends on who you're li- listening to. And uh, look, it is a thing of, you know, it is a little bit of a, a bugbear, but when you look through and, and, and listen to the, the players talk about, you know, their, their upbringing and their names. It is, you know, if you look at the website, you can, you know, the, the women's tennis website, you can see see how to pronounce everyone's name. Oh, really? But if you listen to the if you listen to the Channel Nine telecast, you'll get a different one every thirty. Oh, you're seconds. laying the Channel I'm, Nine telecast. Well, I'm, here. I'm surprised, Tommy, you didn't go with the we're backing her. Well, we're backing her, <laughs> right backing her. So we are backing her. So that's that's taking uh, the two two dollars twenty two. We're backing her. We're backing her. Right backing her.
<laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll be backing Elena uh, at the at the underdog <laughs> price there. I, it's just it's just, a, it's just a matter of how um, how strong the play is. But I think you know, at worst, I think this should probably be a coin flip. Um, but I, I would also just give a slight edge even to um, Elena Robakina here. Uh, I think that's the, the play. So Sabalenka at dollar ninety one, uh, Robakina or Robakina two dollars twenty two. Miles, got a, got a question for Steve? Uh, yeah, I want to ask him about Hitchikata and Kubler in the doubles. There wouldn't be a, a doubles Australian Open without some random Australian pairing making a run deep <laughs> and just absolutely annihilating some really experienced doubles pairings. Um, you know, I, I watched these two play, I think it was in their first round, you know, earlier in the week, and they're a little bit lost at sea early, but you know, to, to have two players, you know, neither have a huge serve, neither have huge ground strokes, but they're just very, very consistent and they get the job done and they seem to have really gelled well together. So look, it's going to be a tough ask, I think, for the Aussies, but uh, you know, if they can get a, they're not going to get the Kyrgios Kokonakis level of crowd support. There's a little bit of support well, I hope behind they, them. I hope they do. Um, I hope they do, but then Ebden and Purcell, yeah, they may not, they'll get more support than Ebden and Purcell did last year when they got booed against <laughs> Kokonakis and, and Kyrgios. So, They'll find some sort of middle ground there. But, look, I think it's a great opportunity for two guys. So, you know, Jason Kubler has had a great summer, um, you know, lost to, to Kashinov uh, in, a, in a tight match earlier in the tournament, but it's put together a really good month. Um, it, it'd be interesting to see how these two go, but I'm also really excited to see how the rankings, you know, how they look in the rankings from the singles perspective later in the year for two players who should, should, put, yeah, sorry, should be able to put together some pretty solid tennis. Question for you, Steve. How did well, we saw the Sitsubas brothers, we saw last year in Kyrgios, Kokonakis, how do these doubles pairings get starts in this tournament? They're not seeded. Are they wild card injuries? I'm always fascinated by how they actually gain a start. They haven't played much tennis together. Yes. Yeah, so there are some wild card entries. And then also looking at the, they use, um, it's a slightly complex, I think, um, ranking system in some capacity where they use kind of the, the doubles rankings of both players, but then they can also, so, so the tour or the, the tournament wants these big name players to be able to play doubles where they can. So they yeah. do, Either yeah. offer up wild cards, or they can use it's like a, a mixture of the, the rankings of of the two players as well. So, look, if you had if you had Novak Djokovic wanting to play doubles with his brother, um, for example, I think you know they they'd find a way to, to make that work either through the ranking system or through a wild card. Because I think you know, they're the when you when you look across the course of the the tournament as well, it's been the the big singles players who have you know attracted more interest. Mm. Hey, uh, Steve, you've been nothing short of superb throughout the tournament, mate. Appreciate all the content that uh, you provided us and all the stuff you do on the Betfair Hub as well, mate. Thanks so much for your time, and we'll chat again soon. No worries. Thanks for having me on across the course of the fortnight. Steve Quick there from Ace Previews. He's been good across the tennis, He's Tommy. A star. He's he is. a star. He knows his stuff. So we're with Rob Akina. Um, we're back in her. We're back in Back in her. $2.22, betfair.com.au. Steve's been great on the Betfair Hub. There's so much good content on there. He's a huge part of that. So the women's um, laying Sabalenka and backing Rob Akina. You can use that too if you want to email the Betfair content team. We're back in her. Right back in her. You know. Probably won't. Yeah, I, I would have thought. I think it's pretty good. <laughs> uh, let's jump to a break. On the other side of this, our card of the week, we're going to de- delve into that. You can find better odds. Uh, on the Big Bash with back and lay markets, play your weight, betfair.com.au. As always, gamble responsibly. Betfair Edge with Miles Fitzner and Tom Haylock. Back and lay all Big Bash markets. Play your way at betfair.com.au. Gamble responsibly. Call 1 800 858 858.
Welcome back to the Betfair Edge. Miles Fitzner, Tom Haylock with you. Well, thanks to Betfair. Back and lay all big bash markets and play your way at betfair.com.au. Hey, Tommy, a couple of things I want to mention before we get into our card of the week is, um, you know, I put the quarter family in the backboard. Right. After a little bit of digging, right? I was, I was sort of half on the money. <laughs> now, so Sebastian Quarter's a tennis player. Nelly and their older sister again, Jessica, they're both pro golf players. So there's three siblings. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah. And their father, Peter, he won an Australian Open. He was a tennis player. And their mother was a te- pro tennis player. So that's what I was alluding to. Quarter family talent backboard. Probably should have done the research before you put him on the backboard. Yeah, I thought you might have known more. <laughs> um, st- <laughs> I did know quick. Nelly was a golfer. Yeah. Can you uh, press the button for the lay-in, please? Uh, oh. <laughs> you can get that skitter for us? Yep. Now, this isn't you, despite what you're thinking. Now, Steve Quick <laughs> has actually just texted me through. He's put himself in the lay-in. It's pronounced Rebarkina. Rebarkina. Like Ribena. Rebarkina. Is how you rebar Kena. No, so he's put himself in the lay bin. No, we're backing her. He's backing her. He's put ch- Channel Nine in the lay bin for mispronunciation. He's done it himself. <laughs> You're in the lay bin, Steve. You're in the lay bin. Hey, can I do one for the backboard again too? The form lounge is coming back on a Friday next week. Good. The form lounge. Good. It's back. This is good. Do you I'm want to get a Guernsey? Yeah, yeah. Would you? You can be the star attraction. Do you want to have a segment for you, myself, and Watling? Yeah. And we'll do the, the three of us and we'll just rag on Dino for a while. I think so. The because protege. we could do this, so we could do, um, hang on. Oh, whoops. I made a bit of, <laughs> I'm in the, I'm in the lay bin here. <laughs> yeah. Um, Watling with his dog eating, um, like baby chinos for the dog. Oh, he's On sick. the social media. Yeah. He's not, I'm not all about that lay bin. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, but yeah, the form lounge will be back as of next Friday. So that'll be, what's that? 12 to one Eastern. The form lounge. So we'll have the big range of tipsters, weekend previews, probably pinch most of the content from this show and just do it all again. But anyway, that's okay. You've got the best of the business here. Yeah. You need to listen to it twice. Don't yeah, just uh, to be sure, to be sure. <laughs> that's right. Hey, let, let's get in to our uh, card of the week. We're going to turn our main attention to Rose Hill. You got to know when to hold up. When to hold up. Know when to hold up. No, we love Kenny. Know when to walk away. Know when to run. You never count your money. When you're sitting at, you're sitting at the table. I need to respond after a strip out last Saturday for me. Awful. When that song came on at the Darwin Cup Ball, that was one of the highlights of the year. Was it? Yeah, you were next to me. Oh, yeah, it was too. That's why you don't remember it. Oh, hey, Really hey, memorable hey. for you. It was a good night. <laughs> it was a good night. Yeah, yeah well, pretended to... Uh, did you, you, I've told you that story about how Brownie had yes, told me yes, he'd lined yes, up through yes, Channel yes. 7, the seat. Yeah. Did you come with? Everyone. You've told it on air. No. Yeah. I've told I everyone. You, you don't want me to tell it again. Okay. Yeah, I don't. No. Thank you. All right. Let's go to Rose Hill. Race number one, <laughs> highway. You would have done the form here. I don't do form in highways. Uh, I've done the form. Um, I've written in the preview, tough way to start and maybe best to wait for some much better in betting investments uh, or investment opportunities later in the program. It's a pretty average way to start, and I'm keen to let that one go through to the keeper, mate. Your English pretty average way you that started was, there too. That was good, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, pretty betting matter. <laughs> Let's go. To, yeah, oh. I think, yeah, even the producer's asking, are we actually on air? <laughs> uh, let's go to race number two, uh, and we see the return here. Uh, of King's Gambit, and uh, well, how impressive was this horse uh, at Caulfield in October? Nothing short of outstanding. It's two-year-old Colt. I'm Invincible Colt. 
probably already worth a fortune uh, and could be worth even more of a fortune in the Canterbury Stakes here. The good thing about his win is he smashed the clock. It was a high-rating race, really good time. He won superbly. He's tried really nicely leading in, and I think it'd be hard to beat here. Obviously, he's $1.40. Um, I think the second favourite, probably entitled to be shorter, I beat Still City, who is a filly that I've got a bit of time for, Fitz. They gapped third. I probably... I've gotten closer in the betting. I'm not going to take the dollar forty three, dollar forty five bet fair. comes to your king's gambit, but he's clearly on top. Uh, what did he do? Hang on, he. It'll be pretty hard to beat. I love that run first up. Really smashed yeah. the cock clock. Yeah, he oh, smashed, oh, no, 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 he smashed it. Yeah, no, he did. Oh, he smashed it. Smashed the clock. Lord. On king's gambit. I'm still getting people talking to me about that. <laughs> so good. Um, it's not that good. I reckon he'll smash the <laughs> clock once more here. Yeah, everyone. I've gotten a bit of heat saying how we mature miles for acting like that. We take the small wins here. Uh, if you don't like it, <laughs> listen. You can you can listen elsewhere. Yeah, <laughs> there's no gun to your head. Oh, you gotta have a laugh. Yeah, King's Gambit, but um, there's not much else in that race. I don't think R- Red, Red Resistance. Resistance is a smart horse, so I yeah. wouldn't be surprised. I don't think there should be as far between them and betting as there is. But it, it'll lead them up. Gambit will stalk and then just go past. You would have thought so. small field. Yep, but was a bigger field. You might um, see an issue, but I don't think so. Race number three is a benchmark 72. Um, this is a nice little race, this. And I am with the two Cosmic Minerva for Bjorn Baker. This horse is uh, one from one, third up. Uh, goes third up today. Nice win at Gosford in the 64. Did it comfortably. Went to Rose Hill and ran into a good one in Ringmaster. And I've got a lot of time for Ringmaster. Um, and I think it'll just be too good for these. I don't think anything's going to get even close. One of the better ones, I thought. Um I've got one guy's bay on top. Oh. Not a race I'm overly keen to bet into, but one guy's bay wasn't beaten far at his Australian debut. He gets McDonald on, back into a firmer track, fitter. He uh, got X Factor and upside. So I've got him on top. Resonated Daytona come from the rich Magic Millions race. They might find this easier. And as is your horse that you tipped, Cosmic Minerva, there's got to be a chance. But one guy's bay on top, race three. Let's go to race number four. Uh, this is a benchmark 78 over the 2000. At two horse race for mine, and that's between Thalassophile and Secret Glamour. I'm happy to excuse Secret Glamour um, at sort of the end of that last prep, um, which was uh, that 88 race, Global Osbred, Tony uh, B. That was at the end of December. Um, had a pretty ordinary trial going into this. I think can run a drum, but I've got Thalassophile just in front. Just in front. Oh, I think uh, can return here. I know it's only 1.4 off Irish Legend, but before that it goes for near behind Deny Knowledge, uh, which I thought was a good run. So two and four, probably even a two play, maybe. Thalassophile on top for me. McDonald on. Fantastic over the mile in Group 3. Two back. Uh, rose to the 2,000 metres here at Rose Hill. Fortnight ago had no luck. Final 200 metres was still very strong. Should take plenty of improvement off that run. Second time, 2,000 metres on top for me. Thalassophile. Tip of the spears, not the worst either. Keep an eye on it. It'll get better. Uh, we go to race number five. The Widden Stakes here. Nice race this. be interesting to see because you're a trial pervert um, how you've seen it. I did think that you were probably going to lean the way of Steel City. I think the 9 and the 11, Perfect Proposal and Steel City, have to be the two. And I think you can back both here again. Um, just on Thalassophile, Fitz, and a really interesting thing um, is James McDonald. He's actually not in great form at the moment. He's running since the start of January this year, 17.63, negative 17.63% profit on turnover. So he's been really well found in the market and not riding many winners. 22% strike rate, probably below his par, but... Um, that's the lesser file. The win stakes, I've got uh, Annabelle Neesham's horse learning to fly clearly on top. Trolled sensationally twice. Trolled against Perfect Proposal the other day. 
Um, got race experience, perfect proposal, but first up, that race was good. A, a debut in the gym crack behind Platinum Jubilee was fantastic. But Learning to Fly has got a dynamic turn of foot from what we've seen on the trials. I think she's a really nice horse. Coolmore own, well-bred filly, very hard to beat. Cigar Flick and Still City have got the advantage of their race fitness. Um, Still City put a huge gap on third last start, can run well. Cigar Flick, McDonald Sticks, um, going to run well. But, yeah, Learning to Fly for me on top in the Phillies two-year-old race, the Wooden Stakes. Right. There you nice. go. All right, let's go to race number six, the Midway. And, look, if I had to have a bet, then you'd have a small one on Byron each way if I had to. I've got Byron on top two, but not a race I'm keen to bet. Race number seven, uh, benchmark 88 over the 1,200. I was keen on Spacewalk if it went to the Valley, and I'm just as keen if it went here. Um, uh, go second up here. Thought the run at Rose here won a similar race, beaten by Maramia in Midwest. Um, was pretty good. I know it was heavily supported that day as well. Um, if you go back to that last prep, some of that form in the last prep, I think, was very, very, very good. Running in behind Zuccarino, running in behind Buenos Nachos. Um, I think Spacewalk probably be too good. Value maybe Dehorned Unicorn and even a c- complete roughy in ranting. But, yeah, I'm with Spacewalk pretty comfortably. Yes. Well, those who backed um, backed Spacewalk last start, you don't watch the replay. Um I tip Maria Mia and Spacewalk last start fits. And Maria Mia was a really good result. We're up on the Gold Coast at $11. So you would have, I tipped it on the show, actually. We should have got a recording. Oh, I've that. only got one recording here. Yeah, no, we're not listening to that again. <laughs> um, Spacewalk still managed to run <laughs> superb sexual. Second fastest, second fastest final 200 metres of the race. She just there. gave the clock a touch up, didn't it? Oh, entire meeting, actually. Second fastest final 200 metres of the entire meeting was held up for much of the straight Spacewalk. Love the fact she's still fresh up at 1,200 metres uh, and gets a claim for Reese Jones. Clearly the horse to beat for me. Kalino flying, going well, but meets dynamic impact destination much worse at the weights. Five kilos and five and a half kilos yep. worse at the weights for that last start. So that just brings Kalino back to them. Spacewalk, clearly the horse to beat and one of my better bets on the day. Yeah, agree. Uh, race number eight, this is the Furphy Expressway Stakes. Nice race this too, but I, I, you'd think Golden Mile... Uh, would nearly have a mortgage on it. Um, after I'm against you then. Well, well, wow. well. The um, end of last prep in October runs against beating Elliptical, the Communist. I thought it did it pretty well. Back at Rose Hill over the 1400 was only 1.6 off Jacano and In Secret. This is the best horse in the race, and sometimes you just have to back the best horses in the race. If in saying that, in saying that, I'm still probably going to have a tiny little saver on Pizarro because I've got a lot of time for this horse. Um, I know it was heavily supported last start. I was one of them. I think may have got excuses. It goes second up here. I think probably the step up. Uh, sorry, the um, the uh, the second run, it'll strip fitter. Um, I know it can get back a little bit. That's probably a bit of a query, but maybe a very, very small save at Pizarro, but I, I, I bet Golden Mile. Wow, you're against me. I'm with Forbidden Love. Uh, Golden oh, Mile's tried up. Golden Mile's, Golden Mile's tried up really nicely, but Forbidden Love's trial the other day was outstanding. Now, She's here to win. I think Golden Mile's not. She's got the tactical speed and the map advantage on Golden Mile as well. Golden Mile might be behind her in the run. She draws barrier one. She might need luck, but she might roll along out in front as well. Uh, she has that speed. Her trial was really fresh and really dynamic. She's only had the one trial. She's here to win. Give me no sure thing. She's here to run well. So she's going to return to form here. Firm track, the only slightly concern. Yep. I've got Bizarro, the main danger, Fitzy. Two from 14 on a good track and two from eight at the trip for Love. And from home, gate one. 
This race last year beat home a horse by the name of Animo, if you don't mind. Ran second there on a good track. So um, I'm probably better with a sting out soft five uh, at the moment. Don't think it'd be too bad, but um, forbidden love on top for me there. And yeah, I'm pretty confident she can win. Golden Mile is the redheaded stepchild to In Secret. <laughs> you know, like um, it's a forgotten one. Horse. Yeah, very uh, good not, horse. He won a call for guineas, but he's a, I think he'll be a miler, even a 2000 meter horse this prep. And that's the concern. One, He's first up here, 1,200 firm. Yeah, Rose one from one at over 1,200. Yeah, but that's as a One from two on a good deck. But that's – he's now – he stepped up to the mile. He'll be he'll be targeted at 1,600-metre, 2,000-metre races. That's the query, whereas Forbidden Love's here to win and here to run well now. Pizarro, unlucky last start, got way too far, far back. Yeah. Be- very bad ride by Berry, to be honest, and given none. Uh, still ran the fastest 200 metres of the entire day and couldn't do any more. Uh, good horse. I think we've found the three you'd have in your quaddy anyway. They're the three, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, they're the yeah. only three. Hopes um, r- race number nine, Cura Stud Benchmark 88. Now, I've seen this one differently. The one, Super Strike. The two, Majorati. The three, Niffler, can all win. And Bold Mac, the four, is your favourite. So, one, two, three, four. Just take the overs. Maybe just back the one and the three, Niffler and Super Strike. You're getting overs wide open. Um, any of those four can win, in my opinion. Tommy, two play here, Majorati and Superstruck on top. Uh, Bold Mac can win, just too short for me, and yes. that's probably the McDonald tax. He's, he's, yeah, I think the others have better hopes and better value. Superstrike, or Majorati, start, let's start with Majorati. Look, set to peak third up. Look, love the booking of Tim Clark, can shoot across from barrier seven, roll forward, be right up on speed. He's up in grade, but should run well, found the right spot, and any um, on speed bias, he finds that position. Superstrike's been. Okay, this prep. Had a freshen up after pulling up with excuses last time. Fitz, he's five weeks into this, gets a blinkers back on. I think he's going to be hard to beat. So um, I, I think he's the value in the race, Super Strike, and want to be with Majorati. I'll be laying uh, McDonald's ride there, Bold Mac at the price. If he's anywhere near 310, 330. Right. Very, very quickly, race number 10, Shand on 78. This is uh, one of the best of the day. Think about it, the eleven. I've got Super Pursuit ahead of him at value, oh, but, yeah, he's going to be hard to beat. So the stable mate to Super Strike, Super Pursuit, race 9 and 10. Maybe Collect can train the double there, but Super Pursuit on top from that number 11, the one you like. Think about it. Let's do Around the Ground here now. Right. Well, I suppose we'll go to Mooney Valley. Um now, this is a tough enough fold day at Mooney Valley. I think one of them towards the end, everyone knows I've got a love affair with worst fold. This horse has done absolutely nothing wrong. Uh, last two, both at Sandown. It has run at the track before, unsuccessfully only placing. But this horse is in really, really good nick. Really, really good nick. And that last run um, just showed um, that it is. It does get back, but uh, I'm happy to take the 3 or 320 that's going to be on offer for this horse. Yeah, I've, I agree with you. Um, my best at Mooney Valley is worst fold. You come by, come race nine, if there's any sort of leader bias, they'll all know about it and they might put the tempo on and find that position. So um, might actually not be too bad for worst fold. I've got him on top as well, mate. Anything else around the grounds? Did you, do you want to mention that race, race four, the benchmark 78? Bistro, uh, Commander Proved are in there with the scratchings of Alpha One and Spacewalk. I thought Bistro might have been a bit there in front of Commander Proved. Yeah, yeah, not a bad race. I haven't got a strong opinion of it, though. Yeah. Small uh, field. Uh, anything else here at the Valley you wanted to touch on? Or maybe race one over the 2,500. We're seeing sound, swords drawn, Sule Nuage. I would have thought that this swords drawn and Mike Moronis um, uh, would have gone pretty close in this. This is A lot of these are going right up in grade to benchmark 100. Um, swords drawn, 
I reckon it's right to go. Only beaten by Spirit Rouge last start. The, yeah, the only other bet that I might have at the Valley is race three, number six, Dane on tour, going really well, Damien Oliver on board. All righty, we are going to do our Friday forecast, our best bets, uh, and also um, our lay Lays, of the day yep. on the other side of this. This is the Bet Fair Edge, Miles Fitzner, Tom Haylock. Right around the country, you'll find better odds on the Australian Open at Betfair. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Betfair Edge with Miles Fitzner and Tom Haylock. Back and lay all big bash markets. Play your way at betfair.com.au. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Welcome back to the Betfair Edge. Miles Fitzner, Tom Haylock with you. Back and lay all big bash markets and the Australian Open at Betfair. As always, gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Eight for that. Tommy, running out of time. We've got to get straight into this. Friday forecast time, right. Sure thing for the weekend. Or sure Djokovic, thing in general. Djokovic wins. Sure thing. Djokovic wins. I'm saying the Scorchers make the Big Bash final. That's a sure yep. thing per Scorchers. Uh, most at stake. Uh, John Lake and Superstorm and Western Empire. Those yeah. horses, your horses, need to do something. Yeah, well, About time. I'm they keen. are the most at stake without a doubt. Superstorms are going to be a bet, I think, each way. Of course it is. Yep, and Western Empire probably. Um, Clearly most at stake. Craig Tiley, Craig Tilly at the Australian Open, most at stake. Um, they've, this is, you're right, it's been weak, it's been odd, they've had problems right throughout. It's, it's, I think it's on, it's not going well. He's got the most at stake. If this all this weekend something else happens, doomsday scenario for you. I don't really have one, to be honest, mate. Uh, Usually on, about the weather, but yeah, not protesters jo- somewhere. Yeah, Djokovic injury uh, early in the final, and then or before the final. That's doomsday because then no one will go. Hey, um, radio time for our best bets, which will be this. My money don't jiggle, jiggle. It folds. I like to see you wiggle, wiggle for sure. Righto, best bets. Let's go. What do you got? Mine is Spacewalk, uh, race seven at number 10 at Rose Hill. Clearly the horse to beat. Uh, yeah, love him. Uh, set up. I think it will win. Uh, I'm also going to go there with Spacewalk, race seven, number 10, but also race 10, number 11, think about it. Uh, I think in the last here at Rose Hill. Uh, at Mooney Valley, race nine, at number four, Worstfold. Uh, I think it's the best there. And then let's go west. Race eight, number one, how's the Serenity? They're going to be my three slash four best. Race eight, number one, Ascot, how's the Serenity? Mooney Valley, race nine, number four, Worstfold. And then Rose Hill, race 10, number 11, think about it. And agree with you, race seven, number 10, Spacewalk. So we've got time for, buddy. Oh, Lays, I'm laying Bold Mac, race nine, number two, at Rose Hill. Oh, Lay. I've got two ahead of it. I've got Majorati and Super Strike ahead of it. Shouldn't be favourite in my market, Bob Max. So uh, um, just, just James McDonald, who's riding negative profit on turnover as well So um, this year. So, yeah, I'm hoping to be against Bob Max. Um, I might lay Command Approved of Maddie Smith, maybe. I think Bistro will win. Race four, number um, four. I think I'll lay there. That's all we've got time for, mate. We'll see you next week. Been a pleasure, mate. Thank you. That is a Betfair Edge. Back and lay all big bash markets. Play your way at betfair.com.au. As always, gamble responsibly.